From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome in. Soccer Matters is on the air in Austin, Texas, and thank you for joining us tonight here. We're streaming at hornfm.com. Eric Kruger producing tonight and behind the glass. Thank you, Eric. And you can call in tonight at 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. You want to talk about Austin FC? You want to talk about the upcoming Mexico-U.S. International? Or Leeds 6-1 to dismantled today at home by Liverpool. Um, Jurgen Klopp calling it the best game of the year for Liverpool, Mo Salah. Uh, keeping the Liverpool top four Champions League money hopes alive. So um, there you go. Um, That is a big one. For those of you who know me, I've talked about Roma on this show. They are owned by Dan Friedkin, who owns Gulf States Toyota in Texas. Today, Roma sacked their chief executive, Pietro Berardi, after prosecutors seized documents at the Syria Club as part of a probe into possible financial irregularities and transfer deals. So um, Pietro Berardi uh, is gone. Uh, Roma, as you know, are in third place in the Syria. Um, their relations with Berardi have been terminated with immediate effect. That is what we have heard. So, oh. You know, you just wonder, the Serie A has, you know, when you see Juventus get in trouble again after being relegated to the Serie B, you just, you know, does it ever end? Um, all right, so tonight we've got a really, really good show, and I'm really excited about some of the guests tonight. And I remind you again, you call in tonight at 512-447-3776. And, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD. So if you want to hit me up on Twitter during the show, you don't want to call in, you can hit me up on Twitter and uh, get a question in or, or whatever you like or a thought. Uh, tonight our guests, uh, Paul McGinley is a legendary coach at Trinity men's soccer team near San Antonio. 33, 33rd season he's going into. He's a personal friend of mine. Uh, he's won a national title there, Division Three. has built an amazing program, taken t- teams over to Europe. He's been tied into the youth community. Uh, Paul will be on the show here tonight to talk about some of his former players and the things that have occurred in building that program from back in the day. And everybody knows Ty Henderson, the producer of Bucky and Aaron in the mornings. Well, today we're going to talk some sports betting and soccer. Full disclosure, I'm not a guy that bets on soccer. But it is the most widely bet sport worldwide, and there are thousands of ways uh, to bet games. Uh, Three-way money lines, two-way money lines, spreads, uh, over-under on goals, uh, first guy to earn a free kick, uh, first corner. Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's very foreign to me. So uh, I'm going to get Ty to uh, explain it. I want to find out, you know, why he likes betting soccer, Um 
Maybe it's because it's the most widely bet sport worldwide. Um, but uh, we warn you, um, don't try to make a living at betting uh, sports. I know that there's a few people who do it, but I, I don't know. Where do you place your bets? How do you do this? Um, I assume a lot of people bet for the entertainment value, and that's why all sports leagues want to be involved in betting because it brings uh, a different type of fan to the sport that may not be there. So when there's a boring game going on and you're going, God, this is a really boring game, you might even say that about Austin FC uh, and Vancouver. Uh, If you're saying there's a boring game going on, rest assured there's somebody out there who, despite it being a boring game, has put a bevy of different types of bets on it. Austin FC, nil-nil with Vancouver at home. Right now, Austin FC is 10th in the West, 2-2-3, off to L.A. and the Galaxy this weekend, who have yet to to win a game. Um, I guess LAFC brought a little bit better out of them in El Trafico. They lost 3-2. I did not watch the game. But Austin FC has only scored six goals, conceded 10, adding up to a Negative four goal differential. The club is one and two on the road. Certainly there are issues at the striker position. Who is the number one striker? Um, Club uh, under Josh Wolf regaining health at the center back position. I think we have to look at form, both as individuals and collectively as a team. I got a lot of thoughts. I watched the Austin FC Vancouver game this morning. So um, there are some things that really jumped out to me. I want to know what jumps out to you. Um, obviously you don't have to panic in major league soccer. 62% of the teams make the playoffs, 18 out of 29. You have a lot of time to come up with solutions, but I ask you, Austin FC fan, Verde fan, ATX fan, how worried should you, how worried should we be at this juncture after seven games? Tell me. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. All right. Uh, opening statement from Josh Wolf after the nil-nil draw. I think Eric has got this uh, queued up for us. Uh, let's hear it, Eric. It's a game we we I think should have come away with three points. I, I wouldn't say we we created as many good chances as I like, but we created enough chances. Um, you know, so we got to keep doing that. We're knocking on the door, and and obviously you got to capture these moments. I think there's good opportunities there for us. Um, the real positive is we, you, you pitch a shutout, and um, you know I think Brad made a couple saves. The back line did an extremely good job, I thought, throughout this game, competing and fighting, as did the entire group defensively. But um, you know, I think again the ball falls to a number of guys, and we're not able to. To, to put the ball in the back of the net, whether it's Emmy, Diego, um, Maxi, and Alex on the one that I'm still not sure how it doesn't go in. Seba and Giassi have a couple there in the second half, but uh, it's proving elusive and it's, um, you know, it's, it can be frustrating, but it's, this is what the game is. So we got to continue to get better. I think there were, there were more positives there tonight. We, we, we gave it a little bit different structure, so that gave us a little more speed, a little more spacing to, to get forward quickly. Um, but it can get a little bit more um, dicey in transition. But I thought we did well. Again, I thought we tr- created enough chances to, to grab the three points. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's a 0 0 draw. All right. So the way I saw it, um, number one, did, did you feel as though they were quality chances? I think there were some for sure. I, I think Diego Fagundes had one. I agree with Josh Wolf that. Play with Alex Ring there. Uh, we don't know how it goes in. Maybe a Rudy throwing off Alex Ring at the back post. I don't know. Um, I saw a lot of unforced errors. I saw the ball not moving off the feet of Austin FC when they're at their best quick enough. Um, the press, to me, didn't look sharp. The press didn't look sharp. Um, and I think there were some people that were, uh, at times, 
parts of the press didn't go quick enough. Um, so, you know, uh, look, uh, I, I think you can take a lot of different stances here. You can say after seven games, boy, we have things we have to figure out. Well, what team in Major League Soccer doesn't? On the other hand, the striker position has to be a concern, not getting goals from there. Um, Sebastian Drews he is in year two with a huge contract. I mean, as this team goes, he goes. I mean, I mean he go as this team, as he goes, this team goes. Um, so here's Josh Wolf on the attacking side of things for Austin FC. Uh, well, we do finishing and training. Um, we we walk through how we're gonna. You know, I think big part of the way we play and the idea of, of what we want to create is is giving clear pictures of how we can score goals. So I think that was there tonight. I think there was us getting around. I think you saw a different purpose of playing behind lines, arriving in the box in a really good way right from the get go. Um, I still think it's about getting around the edges, getting in line more often. Um, there's all kinds of crosses. I, you know, I'm, I believe in variety of the crosses, but um, we got a couple opportunities in transition as well. So yeah, I think. I agree with you. If, if if you've won two or three in a row, you, you probably take two or three of those chances and you and you and you run off with it. But um, when it's elusive, it's elusive. And whether it falls to Seba, Diego, Emmy, um, you know, Giassi, Maxim, whoever, right now it's just proving elusive. And it's you know we we got to keep moving forward though. So former Diego Fagundes, I mean, the, the, the clear Austin FC clearly needs him. Um, Sebastian Driussi did. Did not seem as involved in this game to me. Emiliano Rigoni, a couple of times, so to the point of getting to end line, a couple of times when he's on the right side of the field, he's an inverted winger. So when he's collecting a long ball, okay, and he brings it down beautifully with a feathery touch, he cuts it back with the outside of his left foot. Now the defender's back there. If he's right-sided, he collects it with his right foot and he's gone, and he's to the end line. So we have to remember, you know, the, the inverted winger type guy at times is going to get a direct ball, but he's going to take it back on his most comfortable foot, which allows defenses to get settled. I thought Vancouver was pretty settled. Um, I have a high standard for Austin FC at home after what we saw last year, and I think you, the fans, do uh, as well. And there's no panic here. The, as Josh Wolf mentioned, they did have a shutout. That's a good thing. Um, Brad Stuver came up with some, some big, big saves. Uh, this is a man that's going to get you points he, each and every year. All right, let's uh, go to the phone lines. Again, you can call in 512-447-3776. Let's go to Mark. Mark, what do you have? Hey, Glenn, thanks for taking my call. I was discussing this with some fans the other day, and, and we've come up with some theories, kind of a, a threefold theory as to what is vexing uh, Austin FC at this moment. And it was a combination of the fact that um, the change in the captaincy might have created some tremors in the locker room. Uh, Fagundes doesn't appear to be quite fit. And then the drama going on with, uh, with Reyna might have reverberated into, into the squad. So these are kind of the three things we were thinking, and I just wanted to hear what you thought about that. You know, that's interesting, Mark. And I, and I think what you remind us is that these guys are human. Um, there's a lot of things that go on. Locker rooms, as much as coaches always tell you that they are – Oh, they're perfect locker rooms. Everybody gets along. That's not true. Um, that's, that's for a soundbite. Um, what's most important in a locker room is that everybody has respect for each other. But everybody doesn't get along, and people are fighting and competing for, for positions. Respect is the key. Um, yeah, I, I, Alex Ring doesn't look happy to me playing as a center back, and I could be way off on that. The captaincy thing, I don't know about that. But 
you know, guys that have been captains uh, who have it taken away from them. Yeah, that there is there could be something to that in, in affecting uh, the general camaraderie or, or, or the opinions of people. Um, but nobody's expected to totally get along um, because it's a highly competitive environment and it's a lot more than when I paid professionally in the 80s, but it was still competitive even back then, um, despite not having the money in the stadiums and all those other things that occur now. Uh, so there are hidden jealousies and there are competition. Um, and, and this is why coaching now is incredible. It's you got to manage all the personalities of people. Uh, so, you know, maybe those are theories. I, I think off-field things can certainly uh, creep into teams. We don't know about a lot of things that go on at people's homes. And, you know, it's it's just like us if we had a bad day at home and then we go to work and maybe it carries over into our work. I see some generalities, though, in this game. I saw the ball moving slowly. I thought I saw decisions not as quick and as sharp. Um, sharpness in the finishing not there. Some passes were... Were, were weighted poorly and overhit, uh, unforced forced errors at times, and this has been such a great possession team, and the bar was raised so high. Um, press didn't look as sharp. So we'll see. But it, it's seven games in, um, but it's a different season, like I have said on this show for Josh Wolf. It's a, it's a different season for the players with other competitions. Um, it was a tough loss in, in Haiti or Dominican Republic to – the Haitian team, but uh, it was a little bit helter-skelter. Um, there was a little bit more direct play, too, which may be a little bit telling, I think, um, which then turned it into kind of a, a little bit more of a transitional game that might have favored Vancouver a little bit. Some bad balls, a couple of sloppy balls, which you have to expect, but you don't expect that as much from Austin because it's such a good possession team, and that's so much... Uh, in their in their wheelhouse, um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, and 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 I think there's some certainly some things we don't know about. We're not at practice every day, um, so I appreciate the call, Mark. We appreciate that five one two four four seven three seven seven six number to call in five one two four four seven three seven seven six number to call in. How about something from the goalkeeper Brad Stuver, who had a very strong game. From a backline perspective, really excited to get the shutout, uh, especially coming off of LAFC where we ate three. I think uh, credit to the backline and Pepe and the rest of the guys for putting in a defensive shift where we were able to walk away with a shutout and put ourselves in a, the best situation to win a game. And yeah, it's just a little bit frustrating that uh, we can't find it at the back of the net right now. And uh, that's something we'll continue to talk about and continue to tweak. And I think once we score one, I think floodgates will they'll open. So. Um... It's less than a goal a game now for Austin FC, seven games in. John Gallagher, Vicenin, Ring, Lima, the back four. Danny Pereira had a wonderful chance uh, in this game. Um, Vancouver, to me, was certainly targeting John Gallagher getting forward. Uh, and they, you know, defensively, they kind of settled into a 4-4-2. A, a uh, Danny Pereira had that uh, great... Uh, Late hit. Let's uh, talk a little more, Stuver, with uh, the good defending. 
Yeah, I mean, a shutout is a full team thing. The way we defend is every single player on the field is defending. So it's not just the back four and the goalkeeper that's defending to get that shutout. You watch Seba, Maxi, their change of pace up top to turn the team over and all that. The work of every single player on the field is a defensive collective issue. It's not just the back four and the goalkeeper, the way we play. Um, And for me, I know they want to score goals and they're frustrated by it. And Uh, We're doing everything we can to kind of help them along, but I know they're frustrated, and I know that they're doing their best. It's not like they're just phoning it in every game. They're they're getting themselves in good positions. They're getting the balls where they need to be. It's just that last domino is not falling right now, and we're going to do everything we can to support them and make sure that they feel comfortable going forward that once that domino does fall, that everything kind of works out. 50th minute, Fagundes had a good opportunity. Um, I, I think in the 19th, if I go back, Rigoni to Arudi, that was a great chance. Um, and, and these are two these are two balls that aren't struck clean. They're not they're not struck. Uh, they don't come off the foot of Diego Fagundes um, or Maxi Arudi with 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 confidence. Uh, and those are good chances uh, to Josh Wolf's points. Um, you had a you had a Gressel free kick that uh, didn't miss by much. And he had a few opportunities, but uh, yeah, just to me, it never really got going. It was sputtering a bit, and it just doesn't overall look that sharp. And and I think that carries over even into the finishing department, where where the balls are not being struck confidently. They don't look like clean hits. They're 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 tame efforts. They're hit right at goalkeepers. Um, so yeah, you just have to keep at it. But uh, I do think the overall game, uh, thought process, ball moving off people's feet, it, it, it doesn't look where a normal Austin FC team is. And that doesn't mean it's not going to get there. Might get there uh, this weekend against the LA Galaxy. You may have the perfect opponent uh, that is uh, on, on the road. All right, let's, uh, we'll take a break here. We're going to come back. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about here on tonight. I hope I can fit it into this show. There's so many good things. Hey, by the way, um, the U.S. is playing Mexico Wednesday in a friendly. Is this a glorified friendly? I mean, is this a money grab? Or, you know, do, do you care about this? I mean, is this a game that we're going to say is a part of the Mexico-U.S. lore? I, I have a feeling because of the volume of U.S.-Mexico games, we are tending to now demystify this rivalry a little bit. Um, I guess people go to that game in Glendale, Arizona, saying, it's bragging rights, but, you know, outside of uh, Serginho Dest, I mean, pretty much it's an all-MLS team against an all-league MX team. What I see in this game is is opportunity for players to impress uh, Diego Coca and, and Anthony Hudson, but I see this as, as talent assessment outside of the obvious money that's going to be made from the U.S.-Mexico matchup, which is pretty incredible. 512-447-3776 is the number. Tomorrow you got Napoli-Milan. Milan has a 1-0 uh, aggregate lead over Napoli, who's had some injury problems. Oshiman, uh, the leading scorer in the Serie A, has struggled uh, at the wrong time with injury. Chelsea-Real Madrid, 2-0 aggregate lead for Real Madrid. Then Wednesday you got Inter Milan and Benfica. It's a 2-0 inter-aggregate lead over the Portuguese side. And then Bayern and Man City, uh, 3-0 on aggregate. Right now, uh, Man City is just 
hitting all gears. They only have to play Kevin De Bruyne in 60 minutes a game usually. Um, so that's a big one. Um, the Catalan outlet El Nacional reports Lionel Messi would never return to Barcelona if Gerard Piquet is there. The good news is Piquet is not there anymore. He retired. Um, those two guys played 506 games together. Only Sergio Busquets has played more with Lionel Messi, and Messi blamed Piquet, uh, according to this Catalan outlet, El Nacional, for his departure to, from Barcelona because Piquet apparently went into Joan Laporte to the coach. I mean, uh, not the coach, the president of the club, and he said that, look, uh, if Messi leaves, it's not going to affect the club. And then we found out that Gerard Piquet uh, was harboring ideas of being a president of the club. All right. Piquet's retired, so no worries. And, uh, well, I guess he retired from Shakira, too. So that's uh, a little scuttlebutt there from the Catalan outlet, El Nacional. All right, let's take a break here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Show's presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. You give them a call, 713, uh, sorry, 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW. It is DaspitLawAustin.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the legendary Texas coach, Paul McGinley of Trinity University, going into year 33 in the NCAA. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters, presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW, DaspitLawAustin.com, right here on The Horn. And again, uh, I just found out uh, during the break, Eric and I have uh, a lot in common when it comes to great 70s bands and bands that uh, filtered over into the 80s, uh, like The Clash. So you got some talking heads in your future here on the show tonight. These are timeless bands uh, with, with great Great, great stuff. Uh, interesting times that they went through when they were playing. All right. A uh, couple of things here real quick. Uh, I want to remind you about Lamont Brands. Um, we have two different shades of green that fit Austin FC fans uh, at LamontBrands.com. They're Soccer Matters t-shirts. Love if you'd pick them up. If you do pick them up, by the way, I think they're only $20, and the proceeds go to the 501C charity uh, the Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer Research. Um, would love it if you grab them. Would love to see people wearing them. Would love to see pictures of them. We also have trucker hats over there that are pretty cool, that are that are moving pretty fast as well. So um, get over there. We did the two colors in green um, specifically for Austin FC fans. So if you uh, have it in your heart and you want to grab a couple, do it. All right. Uh, Texas has had a lot of architects, um, people that have built a game here. Uh, at a variety of levels. The next guest is a personal friend of mine, fantastic guy. Uh, When I was in youth soccer, moved a couple of players to his program because I knew how good it was run under this man, Paul McGinley. Uh, He joins us now. He's heading into his 33rd season in NCAA soccer. Uh, They are a Division III program. They won the national title in 2003. Paul is the quickest college soccer coach to win 500 games. He's right here in Central Texas. He joins us now. Paul, thank you so much for coming on. 
Glenn, thanks for the opportunity and the chance for you and I to catch up once more. It's been far too long. Yeah, it has been far too long. And part of this is I, I love, I just love watching your career and, and, and shining the light on people that a lot of times, you, you know, you've gotten a lot of attention in your career, but it was about time that I put some light on everything. I, I just want to talk to you about 33 seasons and building a program and uh, eventually living your life in the San Antonio, Central Texas area. Well, it's been a fantastic uh, journey. Uh, I think I came here to Texas around the same time that that you did, Glenn, uh, early early 90s, and didn't really have too many expectations arriving at Trinity. It was an opportunity, certainly, to build a program uh, from scratch as the first full-time head coach. But uh, I think, I, thinking back, I thought it might be a, a cup of coffee for a couple of years and then move on to something different. But uh, just annually uh the support of the university and the environment that um i've been able to create here has just kept me here and i'm not going anywhere this is uh this is home and it's been home for 33 years and trinity has an incredible reputation that you've built the culmination was a 2003 national title but a lot of this is about the relationships you have maintained with your ex-players you've put players into the pros like uh, lance key alex woods uh, many others. You've had many other players go on into coaching careers. So just speak to me about, you know, the point where a college athlete who you're mentoring, you're working with, um, both on the academic side and the, and the football side, the soccer side, but then you go on to see them uh, achieving things and some of them remaining in the game. Maybe speak to that. Yeah, I think I have the same pride as you do with uh, some of the same players that you and I coach, you at the youth level, and then you handed it over to me, trust, trusting me to work with them through the college years. And it's it's so gratifying to see them still in the game. I mean, I think immediately of, you know, your call in the in the early 90s to say you got a midfielder from straight Jesuit by the name of Chris Garcia-Pratz, and uh, he went on to captain our team for a couple of years uh uh, an enormous force as a person, uh, a player, and now a coach, and now a father, and he's got his program out in Iowa, and he just really kicked off a long legacy of uh, of student athletes that stayed in the game and has gone on to to coaching or, or some other soccer involvement. Uh, Alex Woods has got his youth program in uh, in Houston, and uh, he's synonymous with working with the youth there, and. Uh, I, I, my memory is sharp that I can remember walking him out on the field uh, after flying him in from from Houston. I said, "Alex, I, 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 you know, I know you're not the tallest kid in the world, but all of this can be yours." And uh, he was a magician. And ironically, uh, it was a header in the national championship uh, that advances to the championship game. And you know, he was he was five foot six, maybe hundred and. 30 pounds, but 129 pounds heart. Yeah, a ton, ton of great guys. Lance Key is now the coach at Horton-Simmons. Uh, some will remember him in Major League Soccer as a, de- a defender. And then one of your assistants just got the job at Claremont. Uh, you got to be pretty happy about that, and that's maybe a team you might face. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that opportunity because I would love Edward to advance his team. And, of course, postseason play has been in a – in our present and our future, uh, you know, for many years. So Edward uh, was four years as player for me in the mid-2000s and 11 years 
my trusty lieutenant on my right hand side for you know for the, all this time. So it's been it's been a big loss this past couple of weeks, um, but but I'm so proud of uh, you know his accomplishments and Claremont uh, taking him on as their next head coach. Paul McGinley joining us. Uh, he is the quickest soccer coach in the college game to win 500 games. He's going into his 33rd season. Um, Trinity has a fantastic program, fantastic education. How, how important is it to have an athletic director in the school behind the program? It's kind of a silly question because I think I know the answer. But, you know, it, it is so important to have the, you know, we know your belief in soccer and what it can do in a college environment. But you got to have the administration behind you as well, don't you? Oh, there's no question. I mean, the infrastructure at Trinity is, has made things so much easier to uh to just allow me to do my job and uh, and w- with tremendous support from uh, Bob King, my athletic director, and all the way up to our vice president, uh, Eric Maloof, who, who, you know, his membership number in the Trinity Soccer Fan Club is 001. You know, he's just that kind of supporter. And um, uh, th- throughout our department, um, and then obviously with the support of our alumni, uh, they've all made it possible to to be able to produce championship teams uh, because it's not just it's just it's not just the coach and the player. I'm sure professional organizations know that too, and other college programs. You you, you just really need an infrastructure of support, and we've been so fortunate to have that. He's Paul McGinley, the head coach of Trinity Men's Soccer, going into year 33, and as I speak. Uh, uh, to you, Paul, you know, I do remember, uh, and a lot of college coaches followed this path back in the day, which was, hey, you got to get involved with the local youth um, in your area. You did that with a youth club called Classics Elite. Maybe take me me into that. And, and that club, I, st- I, uh, I think you and I were talking, still exists in the San Antonio area. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, at that time in San Antonio, as, as the game was growing, I thought if I'm going to be a a factor in town. I'm either going to be a solution to the problem or part of the problem. So I, I, I tried to to go with the former option and, and build a program. I need again, you need an administration behind you. You know, fields just don't just appear uh, for coaches and players to uh, to jump on. So Marco Barros was very influential and still exists as the uh, as the president of the club right now. Um, and they've moved along uh, their program. Um, and the, the the boys and girls girls program has you know succeeded over the years. Uh, it was at a time, uh, a difficult time. Uh, you know, with I'm a, I was a young soccer coach. I was head of the the Region Three ODT program, and now I'm director of coaching at Classics Elite. And I have the Trinity Soccer program, and you know something had to give. So uh, I brought in our friend Brian Monahan to uh, from Houston to to take over as DOC. And, um, and and so the program still exists, uh, but it, there was a lot of travel um, and summer commitments with the Olympic Development Program, which I, I had a lot of belief and faith in uh, the kind of players that that, that uh, program facilitated and produced. Uh, a lot of players that are household names came through the Region 3 OEP program. All right, speak to me about one because you got a great story about Clint, Clint Dempsey who was on your regional ODP team. You were on a trip in Argentina. Yeah, his, his college coach, uh, Doug Allison at Furman, he, he made a, uh, a, it possible for Clint and I to meet up again last summer, which was 
which was fantastic after what turned out to be 25 years. But yeah, we took Clint down to uh, Buenos Aires and played against uh, Boca Juniors, River Plate, and San Lorenzo. And uh, at 17, uh, Boca Juniors after the game said, "This this kid's uh, this kid's staying in Argentina." And he said, "No, no, no, he's uh, he's off to college." And they they just couldn't quite understand that uh, uh, an American player would pass up on the opportunity to play with Boca. But uh, we, we, we got an education down there as how football was played. Uh, I think we were on the receiving end of a, of a 6-1 defeat, if my memory serves me right, which it does. Uh, but but th- those opportunities, who knows how much they helped in Clint's development and the development of many of the players that have come through the program and gone on to uh, either college and or the professional game, but it was uh, it was certainly a, a time with a lot of fond memories. Uh, making those uh, excursions abroad with with some fantastic coaches. Those are some names you're bringing up that uh, I was involved in in some regional ODP camps. Doug Allison and, and Brian Monahan. I think Brian and I were roommates at one of them in Oklahoma, uh, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, that's, that's going it. way back, and probably nobody really cares. So uh, we won't go any farther on that. Um, but those were great times. Uh, uh, and, and honestly, Paul, for me, learning as a coach and, and, and running a youth program for many, many years and, and doing some of the same things you did, you know, going down to Atlas in Mexico and going down to Monterey, uh, bringing coaching points out and learning, learning, you know, the ability to do that with clarity uh, helped me so much in the broadcast industry and in television when breaking games down because I started as an analyst before turning it over to play-by-play. So it's, it's, it's interesting how these things can interconnect. Um, I want to get back to you, though, because you talked about those experiences in Argentina. Having San Antonio FC right nearby and then Austin FC up the road, um, this has to be good for your program. You know, it's a time period, thinking back to the 90s and 2000s, and you probably share the same thoughts, Glenn, that, that I, I never really thought this time would come. Uh, in my lifetime, and um, Tim Holt and Alan Marcina won La Madrid uh, at, 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 F, at San Antonio FC have done a fantastic job elevating the the program to current USL champions. And um, I've been fortunate enough to attend half a dozen or so Austin FC games, and that 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 atmosphere and what's been created there is something special that you know any any club around the world would. Uh, would love to play in that kind of environment. And last year, San Antonio FC winning the title and that beautiful stadium. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun time for the town. It really was, and and uh, to have two teams so close by, I look forward to the day when there's an MLS matchup between uh, you know between the two clubs. I think it would just be a, a fantastic rivalry. That uh, I hope you know. I hope I see. I was at the game in the Open Cup a couple of years ago, and San Antonio were fortunate to uh, to advance to the next round. But I could see that rivalry being something, maybe not River Boca, but uh, <laughs> based on my time in Austin, uh, those fans uh, they, they support their team. Paul McGinley uh, joining us, Trinity men's soccer coach, going into year thirty three uh, has. Built this program from scratch. Has done an amazing job. The field is named after Paul. It's Paul McGinley Field. It's it's a wonderful environment. If you want to go out and see 
excellent college soccer and a really, really cool kind of intimate environment. That's the field. Now, you've had a lot of big clubs come in there and national teams training at your facilities. Uh, speak to that a little bit and mention some of the clubs that have come there and some of the international uh, national teams that have come in. Yeah, we've had great, great fortune with uh, U.S. soccer calling us uh, whenever the national team is in the San Antonio area. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann brought the squad uh, for a seven-day uh, training camp at Trinity a few years ago. Uh, we've had three Mexican national teams also train down here on the field, and uh, and as you can imagine, it was with three different Mexican head coaches. Uh, Jamaica, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jamaica brought. I'm laughing because body. Diego Coca just got named the coach of Mexico a while back. You know, they're on another coach now. So that's why I'm <laughs> laughing ahead of the U.S.-Mexico game Wednesday. So carry on, Paul. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't do any relationship building with the staff because it was a, it was a different crew each time. But, uh, and the Gold Cup game between Mexico and Jamaica, uh, Jamaica spent some time uh, training at our facility too. So John Hackworth brought the under-20s in to play Mexico ahead of uh, – Actually, the end of 17s, Wolfgang brought the 20s. Uh, Wolfgang Sunholz brought the 20s in for a training camp also. So it's, it's nice to have a facility worthy of enough to, uh, you know, to have these uh, programs come spend some time with us. It's, it's just fantastic. And, and they, they're very open with our players. Uh, I remember during the, the warm-up and the cool-down, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann would visit with our teams and, and you know, let them know what the purpose of the session was and what he was going to do. And so it was just nice to have, you know, those personalities uh, on the grass. Paul, um, what's the biggest takeaway? Thirty-three years here. I mean, like you said, you thought you were going to be there maybe a couple of years. What's the biggest takeaway for you? Uh, you know, if 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 I was looking deep into your heart from this experience going into year 33 and, and building this and being a part of the community and, and, and honestly, uh, a legendary coach in Texas. Well, you're very generous, uh, Glenn. I, I, I think it's an easy answer. It's, it's the relationships uh, at the time with the players, you know, as a coming in as young shavers, as I like to call them at 18 and graduate at 22 and uh, throw them into the world. And they're, they're without fail, uh, better individuals uh, with great opportunities ahead of them. Um, I think back to my squad from 1991, and I could name that starting lineup without any hesitation. And you know, to, to have the connection with them to this day is is something that's very special. So uh, uh, we've been fortunate to have great players come and play for us, and then even greater alums leave the program and, 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 and go do their thing from, you know, in, in every occupation, you know, known to man. It's, uh, we've been very successful. Paul, you have been an amazing uh, guider, soccer coach, mentor, all the other things that come along with being a coach and working uh, with young men. I want to I thank you very much for coming on. I've, I've appreciated, even though we haven't kept in touch, or, or certainly I haven't, I should have been, contacting you as good as maybe we should have um when i hear your name mentioned your program it, it's it, it's fond memories and more to come uh, obviously here going into year 33 so thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and 
this is a real good one for people in, in, in Texas and around the country. Well, time is always the enemy, uh, Glenn, but, you know, when you picked up the phone and asked uh, if I would be a guest on the show, there was obviously no hesitation, but I think back to our days in the early 90s and where we are now, and, you know, a lot's changed, but also a lot hasn't. All passion. Uh, we, we, weren't, we weren't doing it to make millions, that's for sure. We were doing it because of uh, the real deep passion for, for the sport, and that's another reason why I have so much respect for you. Paul, thank you very much for coming on tonight. We appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. Stay well. All right. That's uh, Trinity Men's Soccer, Paul McGinley. 2003, they won the national championship. He'll go into his 33rd season. Uh, quickest college soccer coach to uh, eclipse 500 wins. A lot of former players in the pros, former coaches, uh, incredible environment there at Trinity. If you're an aspiring uh, soccer player, uh, check out the Trinity program. All right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, real quick here, um, this came in from No Reason uh, at I Have a Solo. He said, Josh Wolf having two roles in the club is certainly having an impact and not a good one. I guess that's in reference to uh, Claudio Reyna now. Uh, apparently, uh, is uh, not involved with Austin FC anymore. I don't know how if that's 100%, but uh, that's something that's been uh, floating around, and I'm going to give credit to who it was. I think it's uh, Capital C. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out in the break. We're going to take a break now. Uh, reminder here, the show is presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, sports betting, and we're going to bring on Ty Henderson, who produces Bucky and Aaron in the morning. Uh, great guy, has produced this show as well, along with Eric. Uh, we're going to bring Ty on, and we're going to get a little bit uh, more knowledge, at least I know I am, about uh, the three-way money line and sports betting and soccer. Soccer, the most widely bet sport worldwide, and there are thousands of ways to bet an individual game. We'll take a break. It's Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters here. Uh, we come back with the Talking Heads Life During Wartime presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. Uh, again, 512-CALL-NOW, DaspitLawAustin.com. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they'll handle your case. They'll go 24-7 nights and weekends for you. They will get, uh, they will represent you in a way that uh, they will get the compensation that you deserve. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. By the way, John and his firm have gotten the game on here in Austin. They have gotten the game on in Houston for many, many years. Um, Soccer talk not on the radio without John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. All right, you know Ty Henderson, producer of Bucky and Aaron in the mornings. This guy's a sports knowledgeable guy. We know that. Uh, he knows his, uh, he's even uh, digging in a lot to soccer recently. Me and him had a few texts this weekend. Uh, we are going to talk some sports betting and soccer now. Ty, how are you? Doing well, Glenn. How about yourself? This is this is great to have you on, and I know we were talking about this. I just I want you to take me into soccer. It's the most widely bet sport worldwide. Why is it that you like betting soccer? Well, I mean, you talked about it a little bit on your uh, on the way to break the the three way money line. Uh, 
it you know having having three options there and having them all be plus money is something that uh caught my eye you know as a, a guy that's always looking for an edge on uh on, on money wise so uh that's initially what got me in and you know being up there at the station early on saturdays and sundays i, I watch a lot of soccer so i figured why not try to make some money off of it explain the th- three-way money line to us as if you know we don't really know what that is explain it okay so i mean obviously you can pick either uh either side to win the game uh, in regulation, or you can pick it to be a draw. Um, so, so you have three options on the money line instead of like in a football game where you're you're picking one side or the other. So the odds, you know, if you're betting $100 in a soccer game, so an example would be the uh, the Bundesliga Stuttgart versus Dortmund game that I bet on this weekend. Um, Dortmund was plus 130 money line. So if you bet $100, you win $130. Uh, Stuttgart was, I think, uh, plus 180 money line. So 100 to win 180. And then the, the draw was like plus 220. So 100 to win 220. Um, yeah, so that's that's So about, that's, that's about a pretty it. easy way for people to get involved in, in, in betting soccer. And, uh, you know, I mean, this has got to be on par here when I say that all these sports leagues realize that betting brings them new fans of their leagues and product, correct? Oh, yes, and, and a lot of money for, for the leagues as well with sponsorships and stuff like that. We've seen that, we've seen that a lot recently in the NFL, um, but soccer's kind of you know, been ahead of the game with uh, gambling being legal in a lot of the countries in Europe, so they've, it's definitely the most bet sport worldwide, hands down. We're talking to Ty Henderson, producer of Bucky and Aaron. Uh, you can also catch him. Tell us uh, where where else we catch you, Ty, and all your good stuff. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Texas Guy Ty, and uh, I have a podcast called The Lone Star Lowdown uh, with Shea Holt and Corey Gidry, and it is available on all platforms. Excellent. So Ty Henderson, join us. So here's a funny story for you. This is back in the '80s. I get sent over after playing in a friendly game against Sheffield United here in the United States, I get sent over there to train for three or four weeks in Sheffield, England, and I'm riding to practice with the guys on the team um, because I'm staying with a couple of of, of the players. And after every practice, they pull into a Ladbrokes, and these guys were all betting. I I didn't know what the hell was going on. They were betting on on, uh, sports? They were betting on sports, horses. I don't know, but they all went into Ladbrokes and and they all made they all put bets down on something. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely as as a former athlete myself, it it kind of it kind of draws the competitor out of me. I know that might sound weird because I'm only competing with my with myself and and my own money, but it just it adds a little something to a to a sports game that uh, I've been missing since I've been able to play on the field. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, obviously, with gaming and everything getting even more I- important and sports betting, um, have you bet on MLS? Um, I mean, I it's harder because I, I don't watch it as much as some of the other uh, international leagues. Um, but if I'm going to an Austin FC game, I'll, I'll definitely put a little bit of coin on it in, in favor of the Verde. But which you know I haven't made it this year, so maybe maybe it's a it's a good thing I haven't though. So when you do your research, I mean, 
how much data do you do you use? Because we know data doesn't always quantify things, but there are people out there that may, you know, and I'm not talking about you, but may not know anything about soccer that are just looking at data and making bets. Uh, well, I, I mean, I look at trends. So one one game, for example, tomorrow you got a you got a Champions League matchup between Madrid and and Chelsea, and one yeah. the, the first stat of that stood out to me was I mean Madrid's outscored opponent opponent their opponents sixteen to three in their last uh, five matches across all competitions, and Chelsea has scored one goal in the same amount of games. So mm-hmm. that's just something as a guy that I mean doesn't know the ins and outs of the roster as much, but just basic trends like that are something that I that I look out for. You know, I'm going to try to take Madrid tomorrow, obviously, to win all plus right, so, 130. So give us, yeah, give us, a, okay, so there it is. You gave us a tip right there. Madrid's got a 2-0 aggregate lead over Chelsea. It's uh, That's probably a very, very smart, smart bet from you. What else would you t- tell people if they were just getting into it? And by the way, we're talking to Ty Henderson. Uh, what would you talk to them about if they were, were getting into it? I mean, I don't think you're trying to make your living at this, although people do. Um, but I think it's obvious that you get a lot of entertainment out of this. Yeah, so, I mean, don't don't overdo it. This is the number one thing. Don't just bet to bet. You know, be confident in what you're doing and uh, figure out a number that works for you on how much to bet per game. You know, you don't have to you don't have to, to win everything in one one game. Just just do it to have fun. Don't be too serious about it. But definitely take your research seriously if you want to win. And 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 where where do you go to do a three way money line? I mean, how do you do that? I don't. I mean, as simple as that. Just taking it down to the bare so, necessity. Well, here in a here in a state like Texas, where um, you know it's you can't go to a to a sports book right. or a casino to make a bet. The 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 easiest way is a service like MyBookie um, or BetUS, which um, both work. It's super easy to deposit money and take it out. They are legal and they uh, and they're both online. So and they have great odds. So I would go to either of those two services if you're interested in getting started. All right, Ty, anything else you want to talk about about your shows before we let you go here and close it up for tonight? Uh, no, I'll, for all the listeners, I'll listen to Bucky and Aaron. I'll see you all tomorrow morning early. And thanks for having right. me on. Ty, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on here tonight. We appreciate it, and thanks for uh, teaching us a little bit about sports betting. Appreciate it. No problem. You have a great night. All right. That's uh, great Ty Henderson. Good stuff there. I like his bet tomorrow on, on Real Madrid. All right, that's going to do it tonight. Got a little Ramones here for you. Big thanks to uh, Eric Kruger producing here tonight. We remind you, the podcast of this show at hornfm.com. Show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Daspitlaw.com. 512-CALL-NOW. Daspitlawaustin.com. Presenting sponsors of this show. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD. And until next Monday night, remember the Daspit Law Firm. Daspitlawaustin.com. Remember, Soccer Matters.